know, it, it's, a, it's a level playing field. It doesn't matter whether you're a Richard Branson of the world or uh, a Richard Triggs, that you have the exact same real estate. So mm-hmm. if you, you, know, you just have 2,000 characters in your summary, 2,000 in your position description, the same type of ability to use keywords, everything. It's not, it's not a matter of you know, who spends the most wins, it's who presents themselves right. the best wins. Welcome to the Arate Podcast, the podcast created to help senior executives and the organizations they lead live up to their full potential. Join us for cutting-edge interviews with leading senior executive and board members across all industry sectors and for practical tips to accelerate your executive career. And now, here's your host, Richard Triggs. Welcome back to the Arate Podcast. I've got a great discussion today with a very good friend of mine, Adam Houlihan, who is regarded as one of the top LinkedIn specialists in the world. He's published uh, three books, uh, Social Media Secret Source, uh, the LinkedIn Playbook, and his latest book, Influencer. And what Adam's all about is how people can build their personal brand to the point of being regarded as being influential on LinkedIn, and he was saying that 0.02% of users of LinkedIn would be regarded as influential, with only 1% regularly sharing content, and less than that doing it in a strategic way. So this is a really interesting conversation about how you as an individual can build your LinkedIn influencer status, but we really turn the conversation towards how do organizations build their LinkedIn employer of choice brand in order to be able to attract a higher quality and quantity of candidates to vacancies, which is what I'm obviously interested in, given I'm in the uh, executive search space. And he talks a lot about the current situation and the inconsistencies uh, that uh, appear across LinkedIn profiles, across organizations, executive leadership teams and their boards. And then he goes on to talk about some really interesting ideas and strategies as to how organizations can up their game, so to speak, in relation to LinkedIn. So sit back and enjoy this conversation with Adam Houlihan. Adam, great to have you along on the Arate podcast. Uh, Drew it up from the Gold Coast, especially to see me today. I feel very privileged. Thanks, Richard. It's always, uh, it's always a privilege to spend a bit of time in the, uh, in the Arate offices. So. <laughs> uh, it's not exactly palatial, but uh, you know we try and put on a good show. So, Adam, um, uh, maybe just to begin with, for people who are listening in, just tell us a little bit about uh, you know, the work that you do. Sure. So, uh, one, I'm, I'm an author, I've written a, a couple of uh, uh, books on social media, one specifically about LinkedIn called the LinkedIn Playbook, and one in work in progress, soon to be released, called Influencer, uh-huh. which is, uh, is really about how to use LinkedIn to position yourself as uh, someone of, of influence in whatever industry that, uh, that you choose. But our core, what we do as a company, uh, is we, we, we de- developed strategies using LinkedIn for, uh, on the lower level, lead generation uh, for CEOs and executives to position themselves and have a, a high level presence on the, on the platform. And of course, for uh, businesses to um, position the business itself as uh, you know, really wanting to stand out in their industry. Because as we know, every industry is very competitive these days and uh, every business is 
uh, looking to have a way to stand out from everyone else. And generally, we do that through the key stakeholders holders of the business and making sure their profiles are um, as, as good as they can be in alignment with um, everyone else in the business and the core values of the business. Okay. So, um, uh, obviously, LinkedIn's become your predominant area of focus. Tell us a bit about your career and what led you to becoming a LinkedIn specialist. <laughs> yeah, it's a good story. I... Um, uh, when I first started, which uh, is not really that long ago, it's probably only about uh, five or six years ago now, and I was uh, brought into a company that uh, my real background at that time was in retail. Uh-huh. And uh, I was brought into this company to find out why their retail division was not doing as well as, as, it, as it could and what was going on around the world. These guys um, exported to like 65 countries. Right. And... Um, uh, so in doing that, uh, what we found was that um, the, the businesses or their competitors that were doing really well were just really good adopters of social media. Mm-hmm. That's what piqued my interest in social media um, overall. But that soon developed to me, LinkedIn just made sense. Uh, you know, I, I've never been much of a fan of, of Facebook or uh, Twitter or Instagram, or, albeit they all have their place and they, they all you know, do a job. LinkedIn just completely made sense to me. So I started to really focus on, on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it was time to for me to move on from that company to go and do my own thing, um, I, I had just naturally built a, a very uh, high-level presence on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. and it just completely made sense to build the business around uh, around that, and that's what we did. And uh, we've grown from you know just me to uh, a team of over 20 people now doing this all over the world. Right. And... Um yeah, I mean, you mentioned LinkedIn is your preferred platform over the others, and I, you know, I certainly agree. And I've written a book about using LinkedIn as an employee looking for new career opportunities. But what, um, why do you think that LinkedIn is uh, resonated much more with you than the others? And uh, why do you think that LinkedIn has become such a predominant business tool? Well, it resonated to me because you know my background has always been in the the business side of social media more so than the social side of, of social media, and you know it's it's quite well known that you know, LinkedIn is the professional social media platform. Yeah. So I'm, personally, I have no real interest in in going on on. Uh, any form of social media to see cat photos and sure. all that stuff. I'm I'm there looking for um, you know uh, like research that sort of type of thing. And LinkedIn now let's let's you know be real about it. There's plenty of people who are not using the platform the way it, you know they're going to get the best value out of it. So mm. there's there's still the spam. There's still the the, the wrong type of content on there. But it's much less than than any, every other platform. Mm-hmm. And for me, it uh, you know it just it was clearly obvious that if you really positioned yourself, um, you know, and and you used a, a you know a framework that uh, gave people a real understanding of who you are, that people would the right type of people would very quickly gravitate towards you. Mm. Uh, one thing I really love about it is that you know it, it's a, it's a level playing field. It doesn't matter whether you're a Richard Branson of the world or uh, a Richard Triggs, 
that you have the exact same real estate. So mm-hmm. if you you know you just have two thousand characters in your summary, two thousand in your position description, the same type of ability to use keywords, everything. It's not it's not a matter of you know who spends the most wins. It's who presents themselves right. the best wins. Yeah, I've never really uh, thought about it that way, but you're absolutely right. Uh, uh, you a person can only have one profile, and the, the constraints are the same as you say. Whether you're you know, somebody who has a marketing budget of tens of millions of dollars or somebody who just wants to be on LinkedIn for free. That's it. Yep. And so um, I imagine in that five to six years, you've seen some substantive change in the term, in way that LinkedIn works. Uh, uh, some things have fundamentally remained the same, but a lot of things have changed dramatically. What have been, you know, some of the, the real changes that you've seen in the platform? I think... You could probably pick the real uh, acceleration in change uh, in alignment with Microsoft purchasing uh, okay. LinkedIn. So, uh, given the you know the power and the might of, of of Microsoft, I mean LinkedIn obviously was was a power player on their own. I mean, twenty six billion dollar company they had mm. to be. But when you put the resources of someone like Microsoft behind it, then that's where I saw saw a lot of the the changes happening, and. What, uh, now, let's say not all those changes were immediately liked mm-hmm. by the, the general population. A lot of stuff that you used to be able to do for free on LinkedIn kind of got moved towards where you had to have paid subscriptions like Sales Navigator. If you, were, you know, These days, if you really want to use LinkedIn uh, for any form of um, lead generation, you certainly need to have something like Sales Navigator to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, like the way you guys use it with the recruiter platform and um, uh, you know the higher level uh, uh, value you can get from the p- platform through through the recruiter net platform, which is a completely separate part of LinkedIn. Um, mm. there, so there's the, what we use every day is, is LinkedIn.com, and then the others are actually completely separate um, to, to that, though obviously seamlessly bolt together, mm-hmm. but not to each other. Because not- I, I'm a LinkedIn navigator. Sorry, a LinkedIn recruiter and sales navigator, and uh, neither knows anything about the other one. <laughs> Internally, that's <laughs> yeah. very, very true. So, but probably the big change. What we're talking about is, is those changes that most of us would see. Uh, so clearly, there, there's uh, a real propensity now for, like, say, uh, content. Yeah, content would be the biggest change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Back not that long ago, in fact, like re- really only a, a year ago, LinkedIn's main focus on content was on the publisher platform, mm-hmm. Pulse. Uh, so if you wanted to have good content, that's where you did it. You, were, you had the ability to do very long form um, content. Now, because everybody's moving towards using uh, not only LinkedIn or all social media on mobile phones, mm. the the whole shift has gone away from that long form content into the shorter form the status posts, um, and of course native video. Uh, now native video just means you upload it directly into the platform itself, mm. as opposed to linking off to YouTube and things like that. Right, and so is that because they want to capture some of Twitter's market in terms of the uh, activity posts and some of YouTube's market in terms of video? Well, I think it's not so much as capturing it from YouTube, but the, the, what they want is to keep you on the platform. Right. So if, you, if you're, and it used to be a year ago, it was quite okay to, to link off to, you know, just upload a, a link to a YouTube or Vimeo uh, video, and there was no problem with that. 
now with the built the functionally where you, functionality where you can upload that content directly mm. onto onto LinkedIn. The reason being is it, uh, that it keeps you on the platform. So uh, the high majority of LinkedIn's revenue still comes from um, uh, recruitment type activities and the use of things like. Um, the recruiter network and yeah. you know, that sort of thing. The other thirty-five percent, which but which is growing, is uh, where they're selling, you know, ad advertising, pay-per-click type ads. Exactly. Yeah. So the whole point of keeping you on the platform is because when they're selling their advertising to the the purchasers, it's based on how much time you spend on right. the platform. Sure. So they don't want anything linking away from the, the platform. Now they they won't stop you from uploading a link to a, a YouTube. Um, video or, or even an external blog, mm-hmm. they'll just make sure it kind of doesn't get any algorithmic juice. It just right. won't, won't get seen in feeds and things okay, like that. Okay, sure. So given that the uh, the primary audience of this podcast are uh, professional executives, so whether they are you know early in their career or they're at C-suite or in fact uh, you know, on boards and so on, uh, interested in talking about it from that perspective. And I suppose, you know... Uh, It'd be fair to say that the vast majority of corporate type executives um, would have a LinkedIn profile. Uh, it'd be fair to say that the vast majority of those people have created their own profile, uh, some nicely and others very poorly or with very limited information. Um, and once they've created their LinkedIn profile, then that's it. That's the job done. Uh, they don't really use LinkedIn intelligently or proactively uh, for anything at all. So uh, if we think about it firstly in terms of uh, executives, um, what do you see as being the opportunity for executives to build their brands as key people of influence? Um, uh, not only in relation to uh, their existing role, but potentially to position themselves for future roles? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think that um, uh, what you said just before is, is very true. There's lots, everybody has a profile, but very few have an exceptional profile. So the first thing is, obviously, when somebody's coming along and looking at our profiles, they really have to, um, that's your first opportunity to, to make a good impression. Uh, it's like the old saying, you've got you know, a few seconds to make, make a, a good impression. And so if your LinkedIn profile, uh, as in like you, you have a crappy headshot, uh, you, you don't have a good background image, they're the first things people are going to look at, then um, you know, you're behind the eight ball right from the start. Mm. Going forward from that, you've also got the position to um, you know, have a, a good uh, headline as to, to what it is you do. And a lot of the functionality of LinkedIn will just draw in, you know, if you don't put something there, it's going to just draw in what you, you've put uh, as a position description or whatever, Yeah. Um, you know, as a default. Mm-hmm. Most people don't realise you can really change that and, mm-hmm. and put in, you know, something that's much more appealing about, uh, you know, what it is you're about. Uh, probably one of the biggest things I, I, I find uh, still interesting is a lot of people are not putting their, a summary it is an optional thing you can add to your profile, but a lot of executives are still not putting any um, anything about themselves in that summary section. Mm. And essentially, that's the first part. If anyone's going to read a bit of information about you, that's the part they're going to go to mm-hmm. uh, by default. So having, having something really well written uh, there is very important. And then, of course, when you get into the uh, position descriptions, which is you know what their their role is or whatever, 
then often there's just no alignment across the whole company. If, if, um, one thing obviously LinkedIn does really well is, um, say, if I came and had a look at your profile, from your profile I can then go and see who else is, is a part of Arate or, or, or whatever, mm. and we do tend to do that. Mm. So uh, you know, if there's no alignment across all those profiles, then as a, as a business, the, the, you're missing a great opportunity to yeah. um, put out a, a, an aligned message, I suppose. Mm. But for the executive themselves, so... So what, you know, uh, so sort of taking it step by step, um, what uh, do you see as being uh, good things to have in that summary? Personally, I think that um, it's one of those questions, Richard, that... Uh, you can ask ten different experts and get eleven different answers. So there's no there's no absolute right or wrong. Mm. However, what I would suggest is that uh, the summary really needs to be about you, not the not the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a section below that which can be all about the business. So and you've only got two thousand characters of text. That's characters, not words. So mm. that's roughly uh, it's, it's roughly only about three hundred words. Mm-hmm. So you've got a uh, very short amount of space to, to really give somebody an insight as to who you are and, and why you do what you do. Mm-hmm. So my opinion is that, it should, that the summary should be all about you and why you do what you do, which mm-hmm. is not, it's very, very different to, if we go to the, like the Simon Sinek version of yeah. why, uh, there's multiple whys. There's, there's you know, why you do what you do and there's why your company does what it does. Yeah. And they're very, very different. Mm-hmm. So it should be about your why, you know, what, what uh, excites you, what gets you up in the morning, mm-hmm. what, uh, you know, it should all be about you. Mm-hmm. Um, However, when you go down into the, the position descriptions and everything, then of course it, it changes then to a completely different sort of framework, which is all about the, the business, but also why the business does what it does. And yeah. This is the thing, I probably, if there's one big thing that I would say is missing in most profiles I'll see, is that distinction between why the executive does what he does and why the business, you know, what's the What's the the reason the business exists? Mm-hmm. What's its why? What mm-hmm. you know, what is it? Um, what's the major problem in this world that uh, you know that, that business solves? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're the two things that you really need to make very very clear in separate areas, uh, and that is what I would believe as far as the summary goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you have a view on whether that should be written in the third or the first person? Uh, look, I I think the personally, I think you know. LinkedIn is, is a is a one to one conversation. It's it's where you know at the end of the day, uh, if you were looking at my profile and you wanted to reach out to me to give you some help in, in LinkedIn, we're gonna you and I are gonna have a conversation. Mm. So that um, the uh, you know the, it really should be written as if it's you know us talking to each other, right? Not that. Um, so I'm talking about myself rather than. Richard Triggs is correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I better go and fix mine up. <laughs> well, I've got to be honest. You know, I uh, see. I, I I talk to executives about their LinkedIn profiles, and one of the things that you know is really important is to have uh, keywords um, in their profile, so that if somebody is searching for a CFO in an ASX listed mining company, um, that you know, and that's the role that you want. You need to have CFO and ASX and mining and these um, things in your profile a lot, because that is how you get uh, higher up on the on the rankings. Uh, 
but I've never really thought about um, it, and particularly that summary in talking about you know my why and 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 talking about it from the position of I rather than he. Um, and then, uh, so let's keep going through LinkedIn profile because what, um, but what I'm probably more interested in is okay. Once you've got that LinkedIn profile, then you, what are the what are the things that you know you can do um, in addition to that to really start to build profile as the key person of influence? So before we move on to that, so what other things are important in terms of your actual profile? Well, as you just said, keywords is definitely something that's that's important, and there's. Uh, there's a number of areas on your profile that you really should have those. Um, the professional headline, you know, the, that section that's directly, we were just mm. talking about before, that's mm. directly under your um, um, uh, headshot. Yeah. That, that is one area that LinkedIn uses very much to, uh, for showing you in searches. Yeah. So you, got to, you really should have one or two good keywords in there. Mm-hmm. And of course, in your position description, so uh, of course, you know, uh, CEO is, is a very, very, uh, let's say, common mm-hmm. term, uh, and you should definitely have that. Mm-hmm. But one of the little ninja tips that we always do is we actually kind of cheat the system a little bit and maybe have two keywords there. So you might have CEO, um, but you might also put something about, as you said, about mining or, yeah. or whatever. So, yeah. uh, so you, you've got to use those areas strategically. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be key, keyword stuffing in your, sum, your, your written content. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you want to, you want to um, refer to the, the industry uh, and the position. Uh, one or two times it's fine. But I, I see a lot of people... Uh, at the bottom of their summary, having you know ten or fifteen kind of um, very similar keywords, trying to trying to keyword stuff, yeah. and uh, that that type of thing doesn't work anymore. No. The other place that you really should have it is is in your skills. So uh, it used to be that there was quite some conjecture as as to the value proposition of having the the skills section. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you look at uh, it's interesting. You're probably aware that uh, when you look at your skills on a desktop and you've been endorsed for those skills quite a number of times, mm-hmm. it'll show 99 plus. Mm-hmm. No matter how many, once you go over 100, it just says 99 plus. Uh, if you look at that on your mobile phone, you'll actually see the true, true yeah. count. So th- they are counting, mm. and there is value in, in those skills, and the more you're endorsed for those skills, the more you will show in searches for those. Yeah. Businesses. So, so two things. I was actually at a conference on the weekend, and somebody looked at my profile, and they said, "Wow, you've been endorsed for executive search nine hundred and eighty-two times, or something like that." So, uh, that you know, immediate evidence to what you're saying is correct. But I, it used to be that you'd look at somebody's profile, and at the top it would say, "Oh, do you want to endorse them for these five skills?" And so, you know, I talk about it in my book. You you just say yes because. Um, you're doing them a favour. It's a way to you know for them to know that you've looked at their profile, and it's really not that difficult. Now you need to scroll right down through their profile to almost the end, uh, and then you need to tick individual uh, things to endorse them for. It's nowhere near as simple, and I think that you know uh, as a result, whereas I used to get you know probably hundreds of endorsements a week, now it seems that I hardly get any, and I imagine that's the case for most people. So what what can they do to intentionally improve that? I think the first thing is, for now, well, as you probably know now, uh, even when you look at someone's profile, only their top three show yeah. as, as visible mm. unless you click on that section and you can open it up. Mm. 
the uh, and yes, people do have to intentionally go through one at a time, mm. and uh, which, I, to be honest, I think is a good thing because yeah. it means people are more you know um, genuine about sure. about doing that. The the point back to our keywords, just to finish off on that, is it's just very critical in those top three to have those top three mm-hmm. as as being um, relevant keywords that you've probably used in your position description in your mm-hmm. professional headlines to get right. that alignment okay. on them. Sure. Beyond that, um, yes, it's definitely you should have a bit of a strategy around um, uh, getting endorsed mm-hmm. for those skills. So there's two ways you would do that. One is when you're having conversations with people that you've you've worked with or, or whatever clearly ask them same as recommendations yeah. people are not going to give you recommendations unless you proactively ask them mm. to do it mm. uh, when you do ask them they will they'll more than likely do it mm. uh, the other thing is what we call the law of reciprocity mm. uh, do unto others as you want yeah. them to do to you so as you said you know you, you they get a notification that you've done that mm. uh, so you know, a lot of people when you endorse them they will come along and, and return mm. the favor mm-hmm. and most people will return the favor you know multiple times over so you you endorse someone for two or three skills, they'll often come back and endorse you for five or six. Sure. Okay. Um, so somebody has actually spent some time and has a good LinkedIn profile. Um, what are the what are the other things that they can do to really start to um, strap a rocket to uh, you know using LinkedIn as a way to enhance their career and and potential. Uh, uh, potentially being perceived as an employee of choice for headhunters and so on. Well, really, the, once uh, once you've got a good profile, uh, most of your work is done as far as um, as that part of the, the the equation. The ongoing thing that makes all the difference is, is sharing content. Mm. So, uh, as we were talking about uh, you know, early in the interview, content now is a very very important part of, of uh, LinkedIn. And if I could just share some some sort of stats with you that you might find interesting, that uh, you know, there's what 550 million people on LinkedIn. There's only one million of that 550 million that are regularly sharing uh, content, and of that of that one million, there's less than 100,000 that are really doing it uh, in a strategic way, where it's positioning them as real people of influence. Mm-hmm. So if you if you did that into numbers uh, as percentages, that it, it means there's only about zero point zero two percent of people on LinkedIn that are getting that uh, tag, I suppose, as being influential in their industry. Mm-hmm. So again, I see that as a as a great opportunity. That that just means that the people who are generating content and, mm-hmm. and relevant content, so they're not just curating content from, from other people, mm-hmm. they're actually writing their own content, uh, are getting great traction. So mm-hmm. unlike say Facebook where um, you know he who spends the most wins mm-hmm. because it's all based on ad spend. Uh, if you're sharing good content and people are engaging on it, LinkedIn will will open it up and show it to the right type of people. Yeah, and so, ju- just to make clear, this is not I see a post and I share somebody else's post because anybody can do that. It's writing original content and and encouraging people to comment on that content, isn't it? That's exactly what it is. So yeah. the short form status post, thirteen hundred characters of text, yeah. uh, or the or native video. Yeah, uh, and in fact, you need to do a combination of both right. but that that is what really sets the uh, people apart so if mm. you want to really be known for something uh, obviously you 
would you would think you know something about yeah. that 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 industry or that mm. topic share your expertise mm. and that is really what uh, uh, is really going to set you apart from mm. other people in the same in the same space and just as you're talking about that you know my little creative brains were in here and uh, in a normal professional situation most employers would not be friends with their staff on Facebook you know it wouldn't be the dumb thing uh, but they're definitely linked to their employees on LinkedIn. And so using, that could be a fantastic way for a, a manager to be able to communicate you know, to their team through a status update. Uh, and their team are seeing that status update and potentially commenting on that. So they're kind of killing two birds with one stone, aren't they? Very much so, yeah. I think the other thing that that does is shows um, you know, potential um, employees, if they're coming along and you know, that your company has a, a vacancy, they're most likely going to go and do a bit, a bit of research on you and also who they're going to be uh, working under. Mm. And if they see that that person's very proactive in, in communicating good value content mm. and communicating with his team, mm. it's more likely they're going to go, wow, that's, that's the guy I want to work with. Mm-hmm. So uh, as opposed to the polar opposite, which is what 99% of, of uh, people in that position do, which is nothing. Yeah. Uh, it just gives you no insight into that person or that company. Yeah. So sharing that content, especially in the way you just suggested, really uh, humanizes you mm-hmm. and gives potential employees an uh, ability to have a, a bit of an inside look as to mm-hmm. what you're all about. And... Uh, you know, if they've got op- you know if they've got choices in mm-hmm. where they go, then uh, you, most likely that's going to be uh, mm-hmm. helping to sway them to uh, have an inside look at the company culture and yeah, uh, and, and particularly now, and we're kind of bouncing back and forth uh, between employer and employee. But uh, uh, if uh, an employer has got a, a you know a unique selling proposition in terms of themselves as an employer of choice, particularly around diversity or around. Uh, uh, things that they reward their teams with other than just remuneration. It's a fantastic way for you know, getting that message out loud and clear. Absolutely, and, and uh, that's one thing that uh, most companies of all sizes don't do really well mm. is, is uh, outline. They might have great uh, programs around things that uh, employees would be very interested in, mm. such as um, you know, days off to go and um, uh, do some good in the world, but until they're inside the, the it's almost a, oh, oh, by the way, now that you're a part of the team, mm. we have this program. Sure. As opposed to, hey, all of our team are, are out today on doing, mm. you know, uh, you know, National Cleanup Day or, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and and the whole team, can, you know, could be communicating that that whole experience back through their own status updates, mm-hmm. which really, you know, positions the the, the company itself as. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not not only having a good good internal programs, but um, showing that they're very supportive of their, mm-hmm. their team doing these things. Mm-hmm. Let's come back um, to the executive. Uh, uh, I'm an executive. I'm not actively looking for a new job, but I definitely want to be on the radar for you know if there are potential opportunities uh, that I would get approached about them. Um, I've got a good LinkedIn profile. In terms of uh, starting to do some more of these proactive things, I don't necessarily want to be a LinkedIn influencer, but I mean, am I um, doing status updates weekly, monthly, you know, four times a week? Um, how regularly should I be doing those? I, I would suggest that um, the, if, you, if we put it back to those numbers we were sharing before, 
the high majority of people are, are doing it less than, less than one uh, piece of content per thirty days. Right. Uh, if if I if you ask me what was the you know what was the absolute ideal, mm-hmm. it would be three times per week. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying you necessarily need to start there. Yeah. But if you were at a minimum, something once per week would yeah. be uh, would be my. Maybe I'll go back to um, uh, zero in 30 days and go forward from there. Uh, yeah. Oh, let me... Uh, so, uh, I'm an executive. I am not actively looking for a new role, but I uh, am keen to be on the radar should suitable vacancies uh, become available. I've got a good LinkedIn profile. How often are you suggesting that I should be doing these status updates and I suppose what what when you say it's good quality content, uh, we're talking again from the employee point of view now. I mean, what what how regularly and what sort of content? I would say as far as how how regularly. Let's go back to those numbers we shared earlier. So most people are not sharing anything. You know, they're very spasmodic. So less than one one piece of content in any thirty day time period. If you ask me what's the what's the absolute best um, practice, I'd say three times per week. Uh, but as long as it was at least once a week, I would say that's that would be okay. As long as you have a bit of a mixture between written content and, and video. But uh, as far as yeah, what is the what is the best type of content? You always want to think of that content as being, you know, who it is that you want to be, who's who's going to be reading that content, or more to the point, who do you want to be reviewing that content? Mm. And the content has to be engaging and interesting to them. Mm-hmm. So, could I tell you what's exactly the right type of content? It's going to vary on on you know every level, mm. uh, but the the underlying thing is it's always uh, keep in mind who you want to have read it and what would be interesting to them. That would be the right type of content. Mm. I suppose um, you know one of the things that uh, the executives I talk to who are actively looking for a new job, you know, they're always concerned. You know, what if my boss sees that I've, you know, lately updated my LinkedIn profile and suddenly it's looking fantastic and is that uh, a clear um, sign that I'm looking for a new job? And uh, and the other thing is, you know, uh, particularly Australians seem to have a huge reticence to blowing their own trumpet. So if I just start to do all this, uh, you know, um, uh, posting and, and uh, status updates and so on, uh, you know, will people think that I'm, you know, up myself, or um, it, you know, it's a fine balance, I suppose. It is. I think, as far as uh, having concerns about your employer seeing you updating that, and let's let's go from the point of view that you're not actually actively looking or looking to move to a new new role, mm. then I would just be upfront and come out and say to say to you, the, the company or your boss or whatever that, uh, hey, I, I want to start using LinkedIn a bit more proactively. That means sharing content, having a good profile. By the way, I think the whole company should do that. Yeah. Um, but let me lead the way. And so take out that, that concern that they may, may have around that. Mm. Now, would that increase the chances that you are going to get approached by other companies? Most likely it will. But it's up to you whether you you know you see value in, in that conversation happening mm. at that time. Mm. The uh, probably the core uh, thing about you know am I up myself by by you know sharing that type of content? 
look, we do this with a lot of people, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people, and and we see the the sort of responses they get back from people. And now, sure, there'll be people who will have a different point of view than what you pose, but very rarely do they um, they come and sort of uh, take that point of view that um, you know that, that you're you know blowing your own trumpet or anything yeah. like that. You don't get trolled on LinkedIn like you would on YouTube or some of these other. Uh, more anonymous channels because I suppose the person writing the comments clearly identified uh, so there's as much for them to lose as you are. Yeah, well, exactly right. So people tend to be more mindful of, of what they say. As I said, you will get people who have a different point of view. Sure. That's that's quite okay. But yeah. as you say, it's it's uh, very, very easily to track them down, so mm. to speak. So mm. they don't tend to do that, um, that low-level... Um, you know, hater, as the, you know, the, the term is used, type yeah. of responses. But it sounds to me as though um, uh, rather than shouting from the rooftops, I'm looking for a new job, come and get me, if the uh, executive is posting uh, content that is uh, appropriate for their industry and appropriate for their role family and, and uh, you know, is a way to communicate with members of their team and so on, uh, it shouldn't be too hard to be able to uh, create sufficient quantity of content I mean if you're talking once a week as not the best scenario but you know better than the vast majority of people and these are updates are very short aren't they what um, uh, it's literally only um, a couple of hundred words isn't it that's it what's uh, everything on LinkedIn works in character counts which is, so they're 1300 characters right which is roughly will be 200 210 words yeah so they're very short uh, like you said not it shouldn't be difficult to to create content around that mm. most likely the company's putting out in other departments all the all the ideas that you need anyway yeah you just got to put your own spin on sure you know what what's going on so it's uh, one thing we do is uh, have what we call a 30-day recap which is where uh, when you know we have a service where we actually you know, help help people write their content but of course we need the ideas from them mm. so we, we sort of suggest that they just keep a bit of a diary of, of interesting stuff that they come across or that happens in the you know within the company that that is shareable of course mm-hmm. uh, or even you know in their personal life that they're they're willing to share mm-hmm. and that's what we generate content or get them to generate content around it's mm-hmm. really not that difficult if you get into a, a regular pattern of doing it but not a picture of what you're having for dinner or you know uh, i'm flying to cairns and you know there's stuff that people share which you think well who who actually honestly cares what you <laughs> well that that's the type of content where people will say you know you, you're up yourself or, right i mean and as we said there's other platforms instagram facebook the that type of thing is fine for that but yeah uh, you know people on linkedin are not interested in your your Qantas, you know, QF three to, to Los Angeles this, yeah. this afternoon. It's uh, you know, it's it's really where the content is really about the the people you want to mm. read the content. It's not about you. Mm. Now let's talk about from the the perspective of the employer, and uh, you know, one of the things uh, because there's really no, well, very rarely is there any corporate quality checking on LinkedIn. If you look at an executive team of an organisation. You know, one member may have a good profile, one may have a terrible profile, one may have no profile at all. Uh, you know, none of them are in any way congruent with each other. Um, you know, what 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 do you see as being some of the problems with that? Well, I think for the for the uh, the employer, the the big and glaringly obvious 
problem is that uh, they're missing the opportunity to have a, um, a unified message. That that message should be, you know, every person in the senior leadership team should be, you know, their, their uh, profile should be sharing the same same message about the company itself. Of course, the summary part would be different for each each individual. Mm. But even the like the background imagery and um, the um, uh, professional headlines and everything should there should be some real congruence around all of that and. As you said, the high majority of them actually don't. So uh, by the fact that if you are in the small minority that do do it, then the perception is that your your company is, is sort of a, you know, a level above everyone else as far as uh, how you're perceived in that first you know, 30 seconds or whatever that you get to make an impression. Mm. And uh, I suppose it's not really your um, core area of expertise, but... Uh, Organisations are more and more now um, advertising vacancies on Seek um, instead of, I oh, sorry, being pardon, they're advertising on LinkedIn either instead of Seek or as well as Seek. Um, but you know, largely when they're putting that up on LinkedIn, you know, they're, uh, it's not much different to Seek in that they're praying that the right person will see the ad and apply, versus trying to do something far more proactive in terms of uh, attracting quality and quantity of talent to opportunities. What are, what are some of the ways that perhaps can be learned from small business that could be taken into larger businesses uh, in relation to being more on the front foot about that? Well, I think the first part, the first thing is uh, you know, having, that, um, having that alignment with the core values of, of the, the business in the content. Now, yes, people, you know, there, there might be a certain number of people who are on LinkedIn looking for a role, mm. and when they come across that, yes, they're going to from there link off and uh, want to then look at uh, well, who's in the who's in the company they may already know, uh, or you know, who am I going to be working for? What's he or she kind of like? Um, and that's all through that content and, and, and everything that we we're talking about before. But as far as the, I would as you see, like you, I'm. I'm Kind of not actively looking for a role, so I'm not uh, I'm not across this stuff every single day. Mm. But I imagine that um, yeah, if you were to be sort of more, uh, as far as on LinkedIn at least, um, more uh, creative with the way you write your your ads, mm. uh, I think that would help you stand out mm. significantly from from everyone else. Mm. Um, most most ads are always going to be about the role, uh, obviously the remuneration. Um, What's the, you know, what's the skill set looking for? Very few that, of the ones I see actually go into anything about the culture of the business mm-hmm. or you know why this might be you know the type of company you want to come and work for. So a little bit more creativity in uh, in what uh, what we're sharing in ads would uh, would, would help. Yeah, and as uh, as you're talking, I'm thinking perhaps the the line manager could, as one of their status updates, be talking about, I've got this role in my team and I'm really excited about what we're going to achieve together and da-da-da-da-da, as well as doing other status dates which are more general around the culture of the team and the the kind of projects that they work on and some of the employee value proposition. And then I wonder if uh, there is a way within those job ads to link to some of those status updates. So if you're thinking this might be a great job for you, click on here and check out you know some of the stuff that we've been doing as a team or some of the 
you know, um, uh, some of the messages, you know, from the person that you'll be reporting to, is there a possible, can you do that? Yeah, absolutely you can. You can link to any piece of content. So um, so that, that type of uh, approach obviously would require a little bit of um, team work, yep. as in, uh, you know, HR letting the team know, hey, we're going to be posting this ad. How about if you're sharing some content, you know, having some congruency around that. Mm-hmm. Send us the links. You can click on any any status post uh, up on the top right section of it, and it's, it says uh, copy the link to this uh, content, uh, and that could be put into the ad, as you said. Right. People could click directly on that and and go straight to that post. So uh, that that would be a fantastic strategy. For yeah, sure. I mean, it's not just about employment. Uh, when I I think of this, and when I talk to people about it. You know, every supplier, every customer, every, every potential employee, every investor, um, you know, they're all using LinkedIn as a zero moment of truth. Uh, every time I go for a meeting with somebody that I don't know, before I go into that meeting, I make sure that I look at their LinkedIn profile. Uh, it, it, you can't over overemphasize enough that, you know, this is not some new piece of... Um, uh, technology that can kind of be disregarded if you couldn't care less. Uh, in fact, employers should almost get to the point where they stipulate if you join our business, whether you're a board director or an executive or in fact anybody, um, one of the, in your induction, one of the things we're going to do is do a LinkedIn you know, review of your profile to make sure that it fits in with company standards. Um, Although then perhaps the individual would say, well, hang on a second, you know, you're infringing on my right to free expression, so I suppose there's a fine line there too. Uh, yeah, look, there is, but I, I think in the majority of cases, uh, somebody joining that team would want to be a team player and would want to be, you know, uh, to some level aligning their profile with that. It's interesting you say that I had a, um, someone contact me on LinkedIn over the weekend that uh, he just said... Um, Look, I've actually been recruited for a, a board role mm. and the uh, uh, board has mandated that I must have a LinkedIn profile. Right. Uh, so he he was just reaching out to get some help on, on how to write his profile. Right. Uh, and he actually didn't even have one up until, you know, days before. He's so. a non-executive director. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is not uncommon. Mm. Mm. Okay. And... Uh, so wow, that's fa- that's fascinating that the uh, they would actually say if you want to join the board, you've got to have a LinkedIn profile. Um, but I, I completely concur. Uh, I think it is um, it should be mandatory. Oh, hundred percent. So you know, the other thing is you keep in mind that if you do a the other thing, obviously everyone does uh, is a Google search on people or or uh, companies. But as far as for individuals, if you do a, a Google, if I did a Google search on Richard Triggs right now, most likely the number one thing that's going to come up would be your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. So you know, it's the by default the first thing everybody's going to look at, even mm. if they, you know, if, even if they're not actively looking on LinkedIn uh, through those that that search that we tend to do whenever we're going to meet somebody for the first time. Uh, your LinkedIn's going to be most likely, unless, like, I imagine probably links to your book and things would come up, but in the high majority of cases for people, almost always their LinkedIn profile will be number one. Right. And so in terms of your business, um, you know, what are the types of different services that you offer uh, and those that may be uh, appropriate for my audience? 
So we run group-based programs that uh, help people to position themselves with influence within any industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 12-week program that's it's, uh, you know, basically a live session every second week yep. through Zoom. Uh, above that, we have services where we will you know, write profile, like if you, you need to have a really good profile and you want really well-written, copywritten content, mm-hmm. uh, everything aligning correctly with keywords and everything we've talked about today. Uh, we have a service where we do that for, for executives uh, or for anybody for that matter. And then beyond that, we have services where we uh, manage profiles for people so that you know, we're create, helping them create their content, uh, connecting with the right type of people mm-hmm. and, and having a very high level presence on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, and before we sort of wrap it up, you know, when you look towards the future of LinkedIn, are there particular things on the horizon that maybe haven't gone live yet that you're particularly excited about? Look, the LinkedIn's a very uh, closed shop about sharing things that are, that are coming. Um, one, one interesting thing I've seen is that they recently hired um, the, the guy who uh, did the uh, Facebook Live. He put all the, the, okay. the live video content together. Right. Uh, the fact that he is now part of the LinkedIn team would be suggesting that you know live video is coming right. to LinkedIn at some point in the future because that is his only specialty. So that, I think, is probably... Uh, yeah, that's been pretty exciting to see sometime in the near future. Right, so um, I'm guessing that that is on Facebook. You've got the ability to literally press record and capture, you know, you, whatever you're videoing, and then it just immediately goes onto your page. Is that right? Well, it's it's even more uh, interactive than that. It's I, I could be recording right now, and I could be, you could be on my LinkedIn profile and seeing that, and we could actually have a live conversation in, in the process of that. And that could be that like a Zoom style call, multiple people jumping in at any one time. I don't don't think it would be necessarily multiple people jumping in. You could if I if I was doing that live and you came along, you could literally go on as a comment and and um, I could uh, see that. Right. Okay. Uh, or someone else watching the video could see you comment on it. Right. And, and we could interact that way. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then once it's um, completed, it it remains. Uh, so if somebody's recording something live and I don't realise until an hour later I can still watch it yeah it then just becomes a status post um, that's that's there that stays there for, for okay. anyone to see yeah. right so I, I, you know the number of people now who do little videos of themselves uh, sharing their secret sauce and so on and uh, you know I, uh, it's getting to the point where uh, it's going to become saturated. I think people are going to disengage from that because there's just too much of it. A bit like the charity stalker standing on the corner saying, oh, can I ask you a question? And when you walk past every corner, there's one on every single corner, you know, you begin to get resentful. I wonder, um, you know, what's going to be next after that? True. It's the, the thing that never goes out of fashion, though, is quality. So yeah. if, you, if you focus on, you know, everything you create content-wise... Uh, resonating with the people that you want to see it, uh, and you do it in a professional manner, then you know it's always going to have a place, mm. and it's going to always stand out above that noise, which is that you know, uh, like what you're talking about. For sure. Well, look, uh, Adam, I really appreciate your time, and uh, as somebody who's done your 12-week course, I can absolutely highly recommend it, and certainly uh, I'll make sure that uh, in the show notes there's links to all of that. Uh, but uh, have a fantastic afternoon. Thanks, Richard. Been wonderful spending a bit of time with you once again. Good stuff. Thank you for listening to the Arate Podcast with Richard Triggs. 
We frequently feature guests from organisations we are currently recruiting to build the company brand as an attraction strategy for candidates. If you would like to promote your organisation's brand as an employer of choice, please contact Richard directly on 0403 588 517 or via email richardt at arateexecutive.com.au. The Arate Podcast is brought to you by the Experts On Air Podcast Network.